I love it when a plan comes together. Let's pray. God, as we prepare now to proclaim your word, to receive your word, to listen, to accept, and to learn, we ask that these words that we proclaim and that we hear will be pleasing to you and pleasing to one another. In the name of Jesus, amen. So Jen and I came up with all kinds of good reasons to have kids, some of which turned out just like I thought. Others surprised me. But I discovered through the years of bringing up my kids what one of the biggest advantages was and still is to having children. It's good to have someone around who will tell you when your breath stinks. <laughs> and I'm being half serious because your kids are going to tell you the truth, the good and the bad, like no one else will or even could. And that reminds me of the Gospel of John. Because the Gospel of John is basically a first century gift to us, to the church of Jesus, that just tells the truth. It doesn't mince words at times. It is just flat out honest and just gets right in our face and says, look, this is the truth. But John also, like the love of a child, speaks to us in such a way that we can trust him. That says, look, here's the truth. You can trust this to be true. My grandmother and I were at a restaurant one time when I was a little boy. And we sat across from each other while we were eating, and we were in a booth. And we were having a great time. My grandmother and I were traveling companions after my grandfather died and even beforehand. So I was still a little boy, and we were traveling together, sitting in this booth at a restaurant, eating with one another, when to my little boy eyes, I looked across and I noticed that one of my grandmother's nostrils was bigger than the other. And I told her, I said, Mama, did you know this? And she got tickled, which I got tickled, and then it started this chain reaction where we were both laughing so hard in the booth that we wound up crying and causing a scene because we were laughing so hard. If a stranger came up and told me that one of my nostrils was bigger than the other, I might consider that rude. But there's something different about receiving something like that from your child, from someone who loves you and someone that you love. So when John ends his gospel, not once, but twice. There's two endings to the gospel of John. He assumes that we trust him. He assumes that even after all this time has passed, that just as Jesus considered him the beloved disciple, that we do too that we actually somehow, some way, as a gift of God, that we're in a relationship 
with this person who is sharing with us the story that's going to change our lives. Not like we would trust information, but like we would trust someone we love and who loves us. What we think of as the ending of John is actually more like a Prairie Home Companion epilogue. I mean, just listen, listen to this. This is the ending, ending of John from chapter 21. This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them, and we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It leaves you feeling confident of the story of Jesus, comforted and that there's still more to come, which is a big part of John's story. It doesn't matter if you're reading a chapter out of the middle of the Gospel of John, 1 John, or Revelation. His works leave you with the feeling that there is still more to come, which is where we wind up. Before the first ending, that really explains the purpose of the book, and the purpose of our lives, maybe John's way of saying that this ending is really the beginning of the new creation comes from the first ending. And the first ending is the end of the chapter before. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in His name. Why we believe is going to impact our efforts to live and share the gospel with one another. Maybe one of the reasons that the church in America is shrinking is because we've spent so much time on the what that we have forgotten to tell the people the best news, which is ultimately the good news that John shares at the end of this book, namely, faith and life. Faith, I'm going to give you something to believe in, and life, I'm going to share something with you that is going to change your life if you accept it and decide to live by it. This is not just coming to church on Sunday mornings. This is not just occasionally reading our Bibles. This is something you can stake your life on that you can believe in, and it's something that you can actually live by that's going to change even the way that you live your daily life. That in Christ, when you come into this family, and now I am talking specifically about this body of Christ, that when you come into this family, you will be loved. And... You will be called to learn how to accept and receive love. And that one's harder for some of us. You're going to be loved. And we want you to accept it. To receive the love of Christ. And you are expected to love others in return. And that's the gospel. Live your life by faith with a church family 
who loves you and actually receive it. Receive the love and then love others in return. There may be more to life in Jesus than that, and there is. But that has got to remain the core of everything we do and everything we are. Cultivate a life of belief, sometimes by being around those you trust who also believe, but don't stop there. Enjoy life with one another abundantly, abundant Christ-centered life. And how do you focus on Jesus? This is the best part of spending time in John's writings. John gets practical. John gives us actual, practical ways to do this. You ever walk out of a sermon saying, well, that was kind of a neat story, but what am I supposed to do now? Not this one. Because what John does, especially as we get to the end of his gospel, is that he just comes out and says, here's what you do. Number one, look for the signs of God's presence all around us. The whole first half of the gospel of John, he calls these signs. Here are signs of God's presence, and they are all around us. But then, number two, when you see the signs of God's presence, name them. Say them out loud. Don't dare keep them to yourself which is sometimes what we do, because we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed to say, well, you know, I really felt the presence of God, but somebody may think I'm kind of weird, so I don't... No, no, no. If you see the signs of God's presence, name it. Say it out loud. Now, do it with fear and trembling. Be humble about it. You know, don't look at a hurricane that wipes out an entire city and say, well, there's a sign of God's presence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like seeing a child and saying, isn't she beautiful? There's a sign of God's presence. I came to a body of Christ when I felt unacceptable in the eyes of God. And they wrapped their arms around me and said, come be in the life of Christ. That's a sign of the presence of God. So that's one and two. Look for the signs of God's presence, and then name them. And then finally, number three, love one another and spend your entire life being a vessel of God's love. That's how John says, here's what this looks like in daily life. We must not let slip from our minds that this originates and continues with God, to God, from God, about God, to my God, and your God. We share this life from God. We forget this sometimes. And we confuse the reality of our one shared God sometimes with our own preferences, our own likes and dislikes, even going so far as to buy into the cultural norm of competition rather than shared mission. Christianity, following Jesus, is not a competition. It's not a competition. We are in this together, on the same team, and we share the same mission. Some people can't hear Jesus because they're too busy arguing about Jesus. But I want to be the kind of church that proclaims 
but that's not us. We are all about the signs of God's presence, of pointing with one another to ordinary acts of God in our daily lives that are anything but ordinary, and then sharing the love of the Lord. And John, like a dependable truth teller, like someone who just comes out and tells us the truth because we trust him and we know we can believe him because he was an eyewitness. He was there. He keeps reminding us that he shared this story with us so that we may believe and that by believing you may have life in the name of Jesus. We proclaim this gospel in the name of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the sustainer of our lives, right here in the middle of this new creation, right here in the middle of this God-breathed world without end. Amen.